Happy New Year, boys. Happy New Year, lads. What's happening? Uh, have we got any uh, got any resolutions? I can't. Well, I know Tank probably won't. Or, or actually, I should start this podcast by saying pre-warning. Tank is giddy this morning, so uh, God knows what's going to happen over the next. Got eight sugars minutes. in his coffee. It's <laughs> good coffee, that though. Look at that, lads. Yeah, it does look good. Fancy machine. Right, you know, you get a silly one? present for Christmas, and it's your best present. The cup. What did you get? That cup, look. It's fucking. Is it like an insulated one? In it, that that'll keep it nice and toasty. That will. Yeah, I don't know what that means, but yeah, I think so. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> They're the best type of presents, those. They're like the little presents, but you'll use them every day. Yeah. Get, made, made, Sharon made me a coffee yesterday morning. I was angry that she never put it in that. I was proper angry. Like, where's the coffee cup? <laughs> You're like my son. He'll only drink out of his Liverpool cup. But if I make him yeah. a juice in a non-Liverpool cup, he's like, Dad, will you put it in my cup? I'm like, what? <laughs> um, Jim, resolutions. Have you got any? I think I need to lose a bit of timber. Well, not lose a bit of timber. I just need to get, I need to eat better. I, I don't eat very well at all. Um, what's your go-to, lad? What's your state, like your food? Like what's your, McDonald's. your go-to? <laughs> Are you a McDonald's man, yeah? I just can't, I can't eat cold food, right? So if I'm out or doing something, going to the shop and getting like cold pasta or a cold sandwich, it's just minging. Like I prefer hot. So the only thing hot is like a McDonald's or a... Uh, you that's know, definitely but... not the only thing that's hot, but, no. I, you know... Well, it's not. I mean, but what's the other? Like Subway, it's just gluten, isn't it? Better Big than McDonald's, though, McDonald's is like... <laughs> nah, rather eat me Honestly, Subway gives me massive fucking heartburn, like really bad. And it might be the sources they have, but it's fucking... So I need... I, looked I think, at you're, over, I think you're over for thinking it, lad. Maybe. Uh, Maybe. Do you know what it might be, mate? It's not the heartburn. It's the fact that you have your fucking tops that tight around your throat, loosen it, and it'll go down easier. <laughs> no, I, I wish that. Get a strang- strangle me so I stop eating. But yeah, that's me. Like, I need to eat healthier and maybe move a bit more. Okay, that's a solid one. What about you, Tank? Oh, lads, listen, I, I've not had a beer, have I, over Christmas and not New Year's. You just want to tell this story, don't you? You're not asked. He's not asked about resolutions. So, again, for the for the people on the podcast, we got a text message last night. I'm not going to steal uh, uh, Tank's thunder at all. Uh, I misread it as well. Party and he, yeah, he, he may have had an interesting event that he wants oh. to tell us about on the podcast. So, Tank, with that, the floor is yours. Fucking belter. We had quite, we had a few round, like you had the brother-in-law come down with his wife and all of the kids. So, the, my mum and dad were here, her mum was here. And, um, yeah, it was about 18 in the kitchen. So, I'd had been fucking, me, me and my dad and the brother-in-law are just watching the game in and out. Fucking Coronas are flying down. Fucking Mandry, the lots, fucking... So I went out to the Mandry. Mandry, is that a new Ma- beer? Is that a new beer? <laughs> yeah, what's it called? Madry. Madry, yeah. What's the fucking well, same difference? Mandry tonight. So anyway, it's fucking back into the fridge. The fucking, you know what it's like when the Corona and that's flowing. They just flow. Yeah. So we're just fucking. So I've just seen a mother-in-law at the sink, and she's got like a pair of like black uh, tracky bottoms. Don't know why. I don't. I just went over and it just went like that. Went, but the lock comes down. The fucking knickers come as well. <laughs> I'm like, I'm really happy. I'm like, yes, yeah. And then everyone was like, oh. I was like, no. Oh, <laughs> like no. our Jack and that are sitting at the table as girlfriend going, oh. <laughs> mate, what possessed you to do that to your mother-in-law? Oh, classmate, honestly, proper. Like not just a kicking. This was a kicking. Like, like both knickers, like by her ankles, like kicks, <laughs> ankles, knickers, the back of the knees. 
Um, so what happened then? Like, how did she recover? I just ran. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, explain to me that, like, the mood in the room after that, because like, you go down you well, like, like surely everyone's gone, like, nah. But yeah, listen, the, the pants went down well. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but there was like bales of hay coming into the kitchen. Tumbleweeds, <laughs> I mean, like bales of hay don't roll very well, lad. Flossy, <laughs> <laughs> it, it was all. It was like kind of. Um, it was in good spirits. So when I when you text us, you text it going, lads, I've just kicked <coughs> the mother-in-law. And I read it as kicked. So I thought you like you booted your mother-in-law in the back. She's gone flying across the room. Oh. Trousers and fucking knickers came down. I was like, how the fuck's that happened? Like oh, fully fledged. Oh my oh. god, mate. That Bad is moment. So, so how did you recover from that point? Like, was it disgust then? Or just like, just... Sorry, sorry, love. Oh. No, I just drank more and stayed in the other room. <laughs> Jesus, mate. That is a high-risk strategy. I honestly think if I did that to my mother-in-law, I think she'd murder me on the spot. Oh, Genuinely yeah, she, murder me on the spot. She looks like that way, your mother-in-law. Like, Oh, mate, no, just no messing. Like, nah. genuinely. pure, Like, African... She just she'd batter you like genuinely yeah. batter you like she and she'd never forgive me either. You know what I mean? It's oh no, I just be I'd be wrote out of the will, mate. That'll be that, me done. That's it. Yeah. Right, um, don't knock it till you try. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll leave that one to you, mate. I think. <laughs> uh, was it a good night though, mate? Yeah. Yeah, it was nice. It's fucking. We've all been sick as dogs, haven't we? The whole fucking family. So everyone felt a little bit all right. So. Just had a little bite to eat and that, and then um, a few beers. It was nice. I was in bed with fucking Frankie having cheese butties and watching Paw Patrol at half eight. Half eight at night? Half eight. I think it was half eight or nine. Yeah, we started early doors. I was going to say that. Yeah, we must started have been an aggressive started about half 12. Must See, have been that... a good night. You were, you were nice to me on social media, lad. Oh, my God. That, God. Might be, that might be the best hey. thing that's happened all festive period. <laughs> Who took your phone, <laughs> Tank? Wait, I'm getting that tattooed on me arm. Have you got any resolutions, Tank? Just not to keck the mother-in-law again, or no? Just fucking. You can't. You can't really improve on perfection, so there's no point doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, point well made. Uh, you must have enjoyed the Forest game then, Tank, because uh, oh, obviously you yeah. were tweeting about it. Was it good performance? Seems like the players are all buying what the manager's selling. It, Lads, it, I said they, they that from the game. I did say from day one with Forrest, it's going to take time because they've had that many plays, but I might be slightly balanced. I thought they fucking battered Chelsea second half. You know, you look at the stats, Chelsea had like zero of everything and Forrest were like really pushing and, you know, Gibbs White's looking a proper play now and he's involved in everything and I just think he need, he's one of them who needs a little bit of luck and a little goal to go in off his arse or something and he'll kick on. I thought Brennan Johnson, who's been taking a bit of stick on Justin, I thought he was dangerous <coughs> as fuck. Uh, so what do you think? I, is, I, think... I don't want to say ch- has changed, but it just, I was only looking at the league table there before. I couldn't believe it. I think you're three points off 30, going level with 13th place Leicester. Yeah. So that's one win can change everything. So there's certainly a lot of football to be played here. And there's t- I have to say, having looked at the games over the weekend and, and, and I suppose the festive period, there's teams that look worse than Forrest at the moment. So that must give them a shot in the arm to go, come on, there's, there's a lot to play for here. The thing about Forrest is I look at all of the sides and I think like after, after, right now, like your Everton's are dreadful. And I'm sure we'll probably speak about them soon. But Everton, for me, Everton are dreadful. Southampton look like the they look like they're gone. West Ham look like they can't get a they can't string two passes together. 
And Bournemouth, you know, Bournemouth had that run having the end. They were fantastic, but they're right in the shit still. They won a few games, they're right in the shit. And Forrest have just been gradually just gelling and clicking. And I honestly think, that I think it's, they're going to be all right. I think they're going to stay in the league because they're getting better and better and better. And, and you know, they're talking about signing more players in the window. I hope it's not too many. You know, maybe I'd one or two bits 25. of quality. Well, but it, we, we, had, we had this on a podcast, didn't we, Jamie? And we said, Forrest needs it because they, they lost so many players on loan. They lost so many players out of contract. So if they didn't sign 20 or players, they wouldn't have a fucking squad. Yeah. But the squad for me is gelling now. The training ground, the work, what he's doing on a training ground is coming to fruition. And I think that I'm looking at that bottom half of the table and I think that Forrest are in the strongest position in quite a few of them. Was your original prediction that Forrest? What what was it, Jim? Can you remember his original prediction for Forrest? Was that not like was there? A, there was a mad one. Top half the table. He also said Wolves would qualify for Europe. That was a big one, Tank. Yeah, it's, it's, by the way, Wolves. Yeah, uh, but it, no. I, funnily, you say that. I mean, obviously, I I watch this with outsider goggles on, if if you will, and. There's something you can clearly see, you know, when teams are struggling a little bit and by struggling, you know, looking at the points totally, purely uh, and simply, you usually see that players will down tools. You'll see maybe there's a little bit of unrest within the camp. You get none of that sense with Nottingham Forest. You see that the players are clearly, as I said before, buying what the manager is selling. They're bought into him. That feels like the energy of the city ground. Will put the you know that will that will get them points over the course of, of this season. So it just feels like like you said there they need a couple to go in off people's asses. They just need to find a way to get a couple of wins and and things could change very very quickly for them. Is that Jimmy or me? I'm going to come to Jimmy on Chelsea in a minute because ah, I know that no, he's look, a secret I, Chelsea fan. I I agree, I agree with Jamie. I mean let's you know let's put things this percent there. Chelsea are supposedly a top side. They've spent hundreds and hundreds of millions. They're talking about spending hundreds and hundreds of millions in um, in this window. And if someone just watched that game and turned on, you knew nothing about football. You would say that, in that, especially in the second half, that Forrest was the dominant team here. Like they were, you know, they were challenging for. I thought Forrest were outstanding, and you hit the nail in the head. Once you get the city ground rocking like that, it's a difficult place for anybody to go and and get results. I think um, that's what's going in their favour for Forrest is that they're winning and getting points at home, whereas no one else really are down no. there. It's very hit and miss. If they can nick a win away somewhere and build that away for them, then they'll be they'll be they'll be out of that no problem. And that's uh, their only thing. But Everton, Bournemouth, Wolves, they can't buy a win at home or away. So West Ham, Jimmy's the one. West, Ham West Ham's well, a weird yeah. one though, lads, because yeah. everyone keeps saying too good to go down, too good to go down. But they are, Jim. They're throwing in some shocking results. Really struggling, and and you know David Moyes buying a a player like uh, uh, Paqueta. It's just like it's. I don't know whether that was a a buy from above or you know director of football because it's like buying a Ferrari and driving it around your estate at exactly. And you know it's not it's. It's a great buy with the right manager, um, and and he's and obviously they're struggling. They're struggling to score goals and. You know, without Antonio, that Skamaka was doing well early doors, but he seems to be struggling now and conceding goals. I just, I don't know. I don't know where David Moyes is, whether he's tried to change it and, you know, from his, from a usual 
defend and counter or 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 a how lot of West Ham fans are saying they're not happy with how he's using Paqueta. They say they want him deep, yeah. they want well, him he's more not. involved. He's been playing him in a ten and he's not impacting the games enough. You need to get him on the ball, don't you? Whether that's dropping deep, you just let him have a free roll, go and do whatever you want, protecting with Declan Rice and and uh whoever else plays in that midfield with Rice. But um yeah, you need to just let, give him the ball. And the issue you you've got is once He's not impacting the game. He can't then influence the other players who can impact the game. Um, so they're, they're looking bad. I think they are too good to get it down. I don't think they will. I think they'll start pulling out a few wins. Um, but if I'm Wolves, Bournemouth, um, Southampton are gone. They're awful. Garbage. I don't even um, know what Southampton are anymore. No. I don't know why. I don't understand as a club... Well, I do understand, and I hope this isn't the case, but you've just lost Ralph Hasenhutl, who was at one point tipped for the Man United job um and, and was, was seen as a you know as an as a as a next good coach, you know. To get rid of him and bring in Nathan Jones, who failed at Stoke with a big budget and decent players, and was doing well at a smaller club. I don't know why you do that. I don't know why you don't get someone with Premier League experience. The only thing I can think of is they're preparing to go down. Yeah, it's a good point, actually. Yeah, I was surprised by that appointment, especially when this. I keep we keep saying it. I think we're the Sean Dice fan club now. It just seems like there's there's Premier League ready managers. Like he could step in and do, I think, a great job at Everton. I think he could do a great job at Southampton. But they just seem to have lost the way. And you might you might be right, Jim. It might be one of those buckle up. Let's take the hit, reboot, and and go again. But I'll, I'll stay with you on this one, Jim, because it seems like you've got your blue microphone cover on there. You know your your Chelsea yeah. boys. The che- <laughs> Chelsea is the only team we've seen you with an actual jersey on. So you yeah. know, do you want to talk about uh, your Chelsea boys? Because I think now that's three defeats and a draw in the last five for Graham Potter. So yeah. you know, I, I'm not saying we've spoke heavily on this podcast that we raise him as a coach. Me and Tank were, were thinking he could potentially replace Jürgen Klopp at Liverpool. I, I raised him highly. We're talking about, you know, perception when we're talking about Forest, and it seems like it's a together camp. You look at West Ham, that doesn't that seems like there's issues. I look at Chelsea and I think exactly the same. That that does not seem a happy camp. Not everybody is in tune. The results are not going their way. Aspilicueta came out last night and was clearly frustrated in some of the things that he was saying about the number of points they've dropped. It's not been the start that Graham Potter would want. And with owners like Chelsea have, you're never, you're never too far away from the chop. We don't know what the owners of Chelsea are like, to be honest, do we? Because they're so new now. We've taken a, a point of view that they got rid of Tuchel, but there was there was unrest between board and manager, and that that would naturally come about. And he wasn't setting the world alight the second half of his reign. Under Potter, Chelsea have lost. They've lost a little bit of identity because he's trying to import his own identity, but he's not got the players that he needs to input that identity. He's had no transfer window. They've not got a striker. Um, they've got players that are, are dead wood, and I would put Azpilicueta as one of them. He's probably towards the back end of his career. He wanted out. I think he wanted to go back to Spain. Um, so it's it's very early to judge, but naturally we do judge. And everyone be going, you know, I saw someone else saying, what someone on Facebook saying, Potter out, Chelsea fan. I'm like, mm-hmm. Already, like, what, what, 
And the issue you've got is that transfer policy was scattergun. It was very much right. Who's available? I have the word scattergun in me notes here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So not like it's not like we even uh, we even I don't uh, even send these agendas. You know? <laughs> I know. So, yeah. Look at this. They just they saw who was available and bought them. And not at any point did they go, yeah, they all fit into our system, or they they the the only one that could have fitted into the system that was seemed to, apart from the value, but you know the values of value was Cucurella, and he's absolutely stunk the place out. Now that's 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 no one's fault, other than Cucurella's. Um, so I just think that he just needs a bit more time and to to build an identity because you know his Brian side is still up there and that's his side. Don't get me wrong, the new gaffer wouldn't have changed that much. So I think if he's given time, he'll do he'll be able to do something with it. But he needs a big January transfer window because he needs his own players. They need a striker first and foremost. Um, you know we're we're saying this though, like uh, the talk these days always is for everyone. Just need more money. Just need more money. Just need more money. But if you're looking, if you're looking at that Chelsea squad tank, it's ridiculous. Like it's so so good. Like I, I love Havertz. I think he's brilliant. They've just brought in Sterling. That's my uh, fault that he didn't score because I put him in my fantasy football team. So the uh, fucker. You're still top of the boot room podcast. Every league I'm in, by the way, I'm <laughs> flying. Statman Jim, uh, tank. You've you've been very. Uh, complimentary of obviously the money that the Chelsea have spent and some of the investments that they've made and and of Graham Potter. What do you make of it all? Because is there an element here where, you know, you come from a Brighton, he's obviously, he's earned his crust at, at various different levels over the years, got his job at Brighton, done an unbelievable job. And as Jimmy says, we're still seeing the evidence of the work that he's done in that current Brighton side today. But nothing can quite prepare you for the expectations that, come with managing a top European club and top European calibre players because there's a hell of a lot of egos banding around in dressing rooms. What do you think it is that's causing, I suppose, the um, the bumpy start that he's seen so far? I feel a little bit for him, to be honest with you, because he, Chelsea from the offset uh, before they sacked the previous manager was kind of like there was murmurs of unhappiness in, in there then. But this new owner's come in, and this is for me. This is a, they're doing exactly what Manchester United have done for the past decade with players. They're just like go and get the most expensive. Doesn't matter who it is, just go and get me the most expensive player and put him to the squad. Like that Kubali, he's shit, lads. Let's not beat about the bush. Yeah, he is he fucking. Up. He's good. awful. He is awful. And I think he paid what fifty million for him yeah. around that mark. He's thirty three yeah. or something. And I look at that Chelsea backline and the amount of money what they've spent on it. It's like. They're so poor. They're so easy to get at. It's like, but then when you're looking who they're linked with in the transfer window now, it's all centre half, and you're like, how many more do you want? Yeah, it's clearly signed, obvious they need. Just signed a young centre half, haven't they? You've signed it for thirty odd million, yeah. And like they've been heavily linked with the young Croatian boy. You've been trying to oh, get that deal. He's good, in, mate. He is good. He is good, Jimmy. But then I he look, I look up to what they signed in the summer and the left back from Brighton who they got. Who I know he had a good. He had one good season. He was the most unnecessary signing in football, because they had Alonso, who, no matter what you say about Alonso, he always produces, he fucking sets goals up, he scores quite a lot of goals and he defends well. they got Ben Chilwell, who's better than all of them. And then you go and pay 60-odd million for him. And he's he's not needed. And you're kind of thinking, you're allowed Werner to go and Lukaku and signed more centre-half and defenders. It's just complete scattered approach for me. And 
I love Potter, and I, I think it's going to be quite difficult. I don't think, I think the owners making the signings. I don't think anyone at the. I just think it's this owner and his people are making the signings, and not the manager. And they're like getting kind of told. I don't know where Sterling. I watched the game yesterday. Where's Sterling playing for Chelsea? Well, didn't he? No, he, came, he came out a while ago because uh, I think Potter played him right wing back. Right wing Sterling back. pretty much after the game came out and said, "It's not my best in, uh, best uh, position, but I'll do a job for the team." So early doors, he's laid the mark and was saying, "I'm not I'm not happy exactly. with this." Um, and it's there's rumours that. I was going to say the same point as you, Jim. En Enzo Fernandez supposedly, and uh, the, no, the, but Enkunku is the one, isn't it? I think if they bring him in, it's all I think. That's all. Yeah, yeah. So if they bring him in, I, I've not seen any. You would have thought that it would have been. Um, I assume he's coming in January. You, you, no, I'm not. He's the summer. Any, the, the summer. Yeah, summer. He's the summer. Uh, deal, that's yeah. that's shit for them because he'll be the transition from forward to from midfield, and you put Sterling on the right of him and Pulisic, Havertz, Ziyech, and sort you know rotate them around him. He should be the linchpin around. The them. name's there, though, Jimmy. You've just rolled on oh, me, and you're like fucking. But Pulisic has never yeah, really Pulisic. done it, has he? I don't think in the Premier League. He's been the there or thereabouts, but he's never really pushed on. I don't what? think he's ever been given a chance to. Do you know what's weird about Pulisic? And it, it, I think he'd be perfect for Klopp. I've always thought this. I don't know, I don't know why. I just think, like, I, like, like you said there, Tank, has he been given the chance? Whenever I seem to watch him, I, I feel like there's a player there. I yeah. just don't, for whatever reason, and you'll know better than Jimmy, you had 300 clubs, so you'll know. Tank, you, you'll know as well. Sometimes it just doesn't work at certain clubs for yeah. certain managers, yeah. and I just feel like it's one of them with Pulisic. Whereas if he had a manager that put his arm around him, not saying that Potter doesn't, but I, I just feel like he's he's always been tailor-made for Klopp, but it just doesn't quite work. But as Tank said, you just listed off a ream of absolutely top-quality players. And... However, way you want they to They are it. top quality players. Sorry to interrupt. They mm -hmm. are top quality players, but I don't think it's not it's not the quality of players. When I when I'm thinking Havertz, Ziyech, I'm thinking bad attitudes. They've not got that. I'm digging in and I'm doing something for the team. It's very much if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. You don't want Where them in the trenches. You're trying to say nah. Exactly. Um, and, you know, Sterling, he's 50-50 on that on, for me. I don't think he, he you know, don't he certainly puts in a shift, but mm, it's a quality that doesn't always come for him. And then Pulisic, you kind of get both, but never at the same time. Is that not a manager's role? Because if I've got it, it Ryan Sterling, but... I'm making him feel 10 foot tall every day of the week because he can, he, he's, he's a strange player. He, he's... He's, for me, he's just shy of an absolute top, top draw player. I think he's just underneath that bracket. But for someone who scores 20 goals a season, guaranteed in all competitions, you have to put your arm around him. You have to make him feel the main man. You are my man. Not say like, and I, this is where I do feel a bit for Potter, but if I'm Graham Potter and I'm going in there, I'm not saying to Rhyme Stale and do us a favour. Right, 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 right. yeah, I'm getting him and I'm saying, you are my main man. You are the focus <laughs> of this fucking team and me turning this round to get us into that top four. And you tell me where you see yourself stronger and build build them up to be yeah. ten foot tall. Yeah, it was a, it was a strange decision, especially when you especially when you think tank of the reason why Chelsea. If you read reports on the Athletic, which you can get now for a month uh, for one pound, a big fan of the Athletic, big fan of the Athletic. But uh, if you're Any looking chance, at Raheem Sterling, the, the chances of or the reasons I should say why 
Chelsea were able to bring him in is because he didn't feel like his value was appreciated at Manchester City. He wasn't that senior figure in the team. Chelsea obviously offered him that, yet you're then asking him to play right wing back. It just, yeah, it seems it seems a strange decision. And I suppose when you look then at the quality of the players that Potter has at his disposal, and then in the same breath, maybe if you look at somebody now, obviously got a bigger sample size, but if you look at Mikel Arteta, and I want to talk about Arsenal for a bit because I'm I'm so impressed with this fella. And we're talking about the quality of squads. Yes, Arsenal have top quality players in there, but they've also, I, I would argue, player for player, Chelsea have got a stronger squad, would you say, than Arsenal? In yeah. terms of experience, tenure, proven track record. I think the ceiling of this Arsenal team is miles better. You know, you look at the likes of a Martinelli, who I think is going to be the next big thing. Odegaard, who we'll talk about in a minute, I think is, is arguably the informed midfielder in, in Europe at the moment. So the oh, ceiling wow. of this team is, is huge. But Mikel Arteta is getting a tune out of these Arsenal players' tank, which is so impressive. You know, from a structural point of view, they're so well coached. The hunger, the pressing, they they just look like they've got it, don't they? The thing, what I what's been most impressed me with Arsenal, and it's took them a couple. It's took them probably twelve months to get to get where he wanted them to be. Is he's got rid of the the big the big fucking personalities. He's been allowed to. But what's been more impressive is the the midfield lad. I can't fucking think of his name. Party Odegaard or oh, Jacket. Jacket. Jacques, him. Now, I going back then when he was kind of dropping him, taking the captaincy off, I was thinking to myself, he's a fucking, he's a bad egg, he's a problem. Hmm. Somehow Arteta's flipped him round to be one of the fucking best midfielders around at the minute. It's like, yeah. it's incredible. Well, it's not what Arsenal's got. And this is why I think, and I've said this a while ago before the Christmas period, I think they're going to win the league. Because what they've got, they've got the core of the team is so fucking young. It's mm-hmm. so young. You know, you've got Zaka, who's 21, is he? You've got Martinelli, who's 20. Odegaard, who's running fucking games on his own. About <coughs> 23. The back four are so young as well. You know, they're all, they're like the centre-halves are 22, 24. Ben White's 23. So you look at that side, and I just think he's got them and just said, we can do great things if you fucking follow me and believe me. And they've all bought into it. They've all bought into it. And then I'm telling you now, lads, once a manager has you like that and you've got... You're winning games. You're like, I'll fucking whatever he says goes. You said it. it. Momentum in football is massive. Momentum's massive, massive. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned there about the the pro age profile of the team and Jimmy. I hate to go down the Liverpool route, but there's a lot of similarities in how Arsenal have recruited and what made Klopp's team. Because I think it's fair to say, look. Liverpool have outgrown that initial model of kind of recruiting young, the next big talents. Liverpool's recruitment seems a, a, a little bit different these days in terms of we probably need to buy more established players. But anyway, that's that's a conversation for later on. Whereas I think it was Edu came in and said, look, we, Arsenal need to buy young. And there was question marks around some of the players that they bought when they, when they first come in the door. But you're now starting to see the fruits of the labour and the reason why for teams like Arsenal in a place that they were or teams like Liverpool in a place that they were in when they started doing, I don't want to say money ball, but it's just smart recruitment. It's look, let's bring in the best young talent. And the worst that could happen here is we get a decent sell on value. Arsenal are now starting to see the the, the fruits of their labour. 
a lot of the players were already there when Arteta came in, weren't they? You know, they, they have spent money, don't get me wrong, but you know, I think Gabriel well, ben White, was there. They got Ben, ben White. White, yeah, Ben White. Um, who else? Gabriel Jesus. Yeah, they bought the keeper, Ben White, Zinchenko. Zinchenko, um, okay, I'll give you that, but he wasn't that, he was only 25 million. But my point is, the core of the squad. I'd say maybe 60% of that squad was there when Arteta came in. Now, I saw Arsenal at the, I think it might have been the first game, but it was certainly early doors, not this season, last season. Xhaka got sent off and Man City battered him 5 0. I don't think they had a kick all game. And I was like, oh my God, this is not going well. And I, it was, honestly, it was off. They were bad. And the way he's dragged them players up to where he wants to be him is nothing shy of, of phenomenal. Now, you don't go and be Pep's. Um, assistant manager not learn anything. You don't you don't play under Arsene Wenger and not learn a thing or two. So David there's something in that. But even still though, now you, no, no, you get snippets of him. No, 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 no. <laughs> but you say that, but for Moyes' frailties, he knows how to defend. I like so, Moyes. Yeah. So under under a under any sort of fluid formation, you need to be able to set a formation that is able to defend. Because if you set a formation that is just everyone forward, we're not we're not sitting in at any point. You don't then you don't you lose five four. So even under Moyes, you would have learned something where you know sometimes backs against the wall. We need to sit in, get the ball, knock it around, build our momentum as that goes. Get big dunk on. Get big dunk on and throw it <laughs> up up front. But um, but my point is, he, although he's spent, a lot of them players are already there, so he's, he, he's made them better. Um, and that's a worrying thing for me. Now, I think the next four games will define their title, title push. You know, they've got Newcastle, Tottenham, I think Man United, maybe a cup game, and then they've got City. So if they can come out of that, we'll make a couple of wins. You're Arsenal, though, Jimmy. You're licking your lips for that. You're licking your lips for the news of the Tottenham. Tottenham is shit, but it's North London derby, isn't it? Man, you're a shit. I mean, listen, that's, I, I, I mean that like they I'm are. Man. Who? Man, you? Man, you were a poor side. Oh, mate, Ten Hag's done some good, good, good work there. I'm not having that. They're not great. I'm not he's, having. I'm he's not made not them difficult to beat. That's all he's done. Well, well, that's what, and that's isn't that how you start a great team? Yeah, that's what I'd say. I'd argue that's what had to happen first. Yeah, isn't that you know? Isn't I'm that what you sure need to? If you, you know, if I'm you not being don't funny. And he spent hundreds and hundreds. I mean, he's another one. He spent a fucking fortune, and they're shit to watch. They are so bad to watch it on too. If you're sitting at Old Trafford, seventy-five thousand, you're not happy watching that dire shit week in week out because that's no, what I, it is. I agree, but I, I would say if you ask Man United fans now, it's top four at all costs as part of the next stage in their development because that allows them to shop in a different market. So for Ten Hag, it's probably what like... Do you mean shop in a different market? Jamie, they shop at the top tier every every window. I don't think they, they do. I don't think Anthony... Uh, yeah, no, they spend money, but the top, top players don't want to yeah, go to Man United the at the moment. Uh, so that. I would say that's why they ended up with Anthony for the 100 million, whereas, you know, teams know United... They can bend United over and get a shitload of money out of them for play, for, for what I would call tier one players, and that's not Jimmy said, Jimmy, when Man U signed Anthony. Jimmy, I said, think that Anthony will be class unbelievable. Be good. And to be fair, he, stats he, aren't horrendous. You know, season, mate. he is shit. Mate, he's just come from Holland. 
He's got a, you know, you've got a transition into the Premier League. It's not that easy. A lot of players coming into the Premier League don't transition that easy. It's not. But he's, so my he's point getting... is, I tweeted this last night after a few bees. You've got Nunes, who's fucking chaos, creating and scoring, and as record not scoring. League, by the way, he's he got scoring, nine goals in twenty games, Jim. That's for me. That's not scoring. That's fourteen. Fourteen goals and assists in twenty games. That's pretty much a goal. And it's then you've got Anthony, a, a who's a hundred million. He can't trap a dead rat. He's got a step over. And then he normally plays it into the opposition's midfield to attack United. That Anthony will be a good player, mate. Give him give him time. He'll be good. But from a Man United point of view, though, like you can't say they're awful because they were awful before. And they're in the top four now. If they win the next game, they go third. Um, so I'm not having I'm not having that yeah, they might not be where they want to be, but you've got to build a foundation to be able to do that. If you don't stop conceding goals, you don't win games. One thing I would say, Jim, is that that has impressed me with Ten Hag. You know, I, I think he's par for the course, but he's got some balls on him, to be fair. And Wait. he's made big decisions. And I think you look there, obviously Rashford slept in. He's put his foot down. I think that's Even exactly... Rashford- that's what had to happen at United, though. You know what I mean? I think I think culturally, yeah. we've spoke about it before. There was bad eggs. There was big egos. And he's ju- he's shown with Ronaldo, whether you agree with him or not, in some of the ways that he handled the Ronaldo situation, he showed that I'm the boss. Rashford there slept in. Other managers would might have said, ah, come on, will you set, you know, Get in there, you dickhead. You know, don't let that happen again. He's gone, no, we have standards. If you are not here, you do not play. And you can see that it's slowly starting to turn things around. I agree with Tank. Look, they're not, you're not going to pull up a beer and sit down and go, can't wait to watch Man United today. We've got some attacking football on the way. But what what you feel now with Manchester United, having watched them over the years as a Liverpool fan and see them always find a way to win games, you kind of always feel like Man United are going to win games at the moment. And what I would say, and this is as a Liverpool fan who is experiencing the polar opposite, you feel like they don't concede that many. You know, they've, they're pretty solid now. Liverpool don't feel solid. So I'm watching them going, they could win games 1 0. You know what I mean? And, and, and find a way to get into that top right. four. And if you said to me now, Jim, I think they, I think they probably will get top four. I think they'll get top four. Everyone, when Casemiro came in, everyone was like, "Oh my god, they spent X amount on a thirty-year-old." Mate, he's fucking running around in a tuxedo. He looked like a Rolls Royce. He's um, he is quality. He has transformed that play. He has transformed that team. Casemiro has, um, and you know, with a window, I think, I, I think, I don't know where they strengthen. Maybe what, mate. You've got no money to spend. He's come out and said that we're only in for the loan players. And that's that, fair. Is enough. that a bargaining tool? In yeah, the, is that? If you, uh, yeah. If you Man United is the world's someone. biggest club, mate. I mean, don't get the only issue that they've got is they're if, on if the. He had money, why didn't he go and get the lads who Liverpool signed? Why didn't he just say, "Now we'll match that"? We'll he might not. Them. He might not have. I, we don't know the ins and outs. I don't know the ins and outs. So they might not have any money. They might, you know, they might do whatever. Whatever they've got, they're finding a way. He's getting a tune out of Rashford. Rashford hasn't scored 10 goals a season since he's come onto the scene and he's got 10 already. Now, I think... and I So, saw hold on. I, Rashford's got 10 and he's having a great season and Nunes has got nine and he's having a shit season. Just put I've never said Nunes is having a great season. <laughs> you like that well, one? I've tag. never said Nunes. <laughs> I, what I, say I don't about mean Nunes, you, Jim. No, I don't, don't mean, mean you. Just, just in general. In general. <laughs> Nunes is just... The only thing with Nunes is he's playing for the team that creates the most chances and he misses them all. So that's the only problem with it. Ah, I said this to Jamie the other day. He's not, is he? 
He's missed 17 not... big chances this season, and fucking Mo Salah's missed 15, and not a thing gets said. Both of it. All, all are. I mean, Liverpool, is a, they're wasting chances, aren't they, as a but team? My, my issue here, you're going to get me jumping into it, but I just have to say because it annoys me. Like, like, I've made no... I love Nunes. I think he makes me want to watch football. Liverpool are shit at the minute. You said it the other day, Tank. Liverpool are shit at the minute. It's not great watching Liverpool. But Nunes makes... Like, I can't wait to watch him later. Oh. And, and I know that that means he might do some mad shit. But I'm all right with that because then whenever he gets the ball, he just... The, the stadium comes alive. He's occupying yeah. two, three players. There was one chance he played the other day and I thought he was out. I thought he was great. I thought he was Liverpool's best player along with Thiago. There wasn't that many <laughs> to pick from, but Thiago and yeah, Nunes. Leicester centre-off as the best player. Like. Yeah, yeah. But he, he was running the channels. He was powerful. He was aggressive. I thought his dink over... Like, it's funny how little things in football... If that dink goes in, which, by the way, it was a brilliant, lovely way to dink. It hits the inside of the post and doesn't go in. That goes in. You know, it, it, it changes things. If the volley against Everton from the far right-hand side nestles in the top corner instead of hitting the crossbar, the, the thing that didn't help him... He I missed one wheel, in the second half. Bike, lad. And, but <laughs> it's, it's funny, though, Jim. It's just football narratives. It just makes no sense to me how... The guy is delivering basically a goal or assist every other game, and he's being spoken about as if he's fucking, uh, you know, the, the worst player ever. And there's other players in the league who are doing way worse than him, but nothing gets said. It just, I, I don't know, it frustrates me. The reason me. why you get so such a narrative is because Liverpool, Liverpool fans, like, they, they big him up to be, like, this amazing thing. Like, don't get me wrong, he's a great player. I'm not saying he's not a great player, but he's got his frailties at this at this moment in time. And this is where any, you know, anyone will sick onto anything where if, because you'll know you get a, a reaction and they're getting exactly what they want because look at you, you you're losing your shit. There was a video where Nunes tried to push someone, missed and go, can't even fucking get his push on target and you lost your shit. You're tweeting, fucking, it's an easy win for any other fan. You got, you got to, me mad the other day, Jim. What did you get me mad? I know I did. What, what was it? I can't remember. Was, was it Harvey Elliott? Was it Harvey Elliott? Fucking hell, like, it was, you, you had a gone. Like, all I was asking was a couple of questions, like, and it was like, fucking hell. <laughs> Fucking don't you do me? I didn't know you. <laughs> fucking thumbs up in the chat, mate. All I was doing was asking a legitimate question around Harvey Elliott. So my point is, I think you're all easily wound up. Easy. That's I probably just, true, you know is what? it, Tank? I, I, do do we bite? Do we bite a lot, Tank? No, I I just look at football as a simplicity. And like I seen, I actually tweeted that James Pease and said, "Are you taking a piss?" James Pease wrote a big article on Nunes after the Man City game, saying you've got to get more improvement out of Nunes. And I actually tweeted, mate, are you taking a piss? It's one game back after the World Cup. It's a fucking cup game. And you're writing a big article about that you've got to you've got to find out to get the best out of Take Liverpool out of that. Take Nunes out of that Liverpool side. And we have got zero. I don't think we're going to get top four anyway. Take him out the side. And you might as well just wrap the season up now because you're not getting top four. He is. All of our hopes are pinned on him for top four. That's how much I rate him. Yeah, I, I agree completely. But for whatever reason, he just has the, I don't want to say the X factor, but everyone is just, just watch him. You, I tell you what, the best way to put it is go and ask the defenders that he's played against. Are they looking forward to playing against him again? Yeah. And I bet you they'll say no. No, but on the flip side, you go, for as good as he is and how much he, ne he, needs, the, he needs a couple to go in. Finish, so you go, oh, I don't, you know, let him see, have that, that sentence. I'm not having that see, sentence. It's, 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 okay, he can't, he can't finish. finish. He can't finish at the moment. 
Okay, let's let's say that. Is he not because going through a streaky spell that all strikers go through, where it's just not going in mate, for him at the moment? if you were watching that Leicester game, Darwin Nunes should have finished at least two of them chances. And do you know there's going to be a game where he's going to click and he's just going to go no, bang? No, and he will, and he, will, and he score, should I, do. I'm going to say it now. Do. He'll score four goals in one game this season. Before the he, end of the season, will. he'll score he four goals bag. in one he game. He will bag against like Brighton or something, and he will, he will that will get his run going. But at this moment in time, no matter who you support, Darwin Nunes should have scored against Leicester, regardless of who. Yeah, he no, was. I, no, I, I, there was a, there was the chance. I actually don't think he could have done much more with the dink. I thought it was a lovely. No, a the, lovely thing, look, the thing was nice. it was the it one was in the second enough. half. It was a side foot, and he put it over the bar. He, that there was a few in the that. second half, and there was a couple of headers, and there was one where the ball got whipped across, and he's kind of like jumped, let it hit him, and he could have like maybe angled his body, hook a hook a volley across it, just get more on it. Look. That's easy to say in hindsight. And it will come for Nunes. It will come because he's got the ability. At this moment in time, he needs to finish more. That's 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 not being pedantic. It's not being a knobhead. That's just facts. And when he does, he'll be unbelievable. And Liverpool will, will you know, be, be back to their normal self. So I want to finish on a couple of bits, right? So this is a player that has probably done... Nunes, no favours because <coughs> the, the comparisons that were made when they first joined uh, Haaland, who is just is, is the ultimate goal scoring machine. So a couple of things. So I was watching, obviously, the Everton City game. Great result for Everton, not so much for City. So that's, I think it's they lost last time out to Brentford at home. They dropped points to, to Everton. Um, look, I, I, I still think Manchester City are the team to beat personally. Um, I, I feel like as impressed as I've been with Arsenal, and they look like the best team in the league at the moment. Co- couple of injuries here or there. You got you're going to be starting with Inketia against some of those big teams that Jimmy said before. If they lose, maybe a midfielder or two, you know that could, it could change very very quickly for for Arsenal. I still think City will find a way because they're just if you, they're, they're that type of team that could go on a ten game unbeaten run. But that said, looking at the game tank, there's a couple of big talking points that came off the back of it. One little narrative that seems to be coming out now, I don't know if I agree with it personally, but are Manchester City a less fluid football team with Haaland in it? And yes, he'll score 50 goals, but in terms of the build-up and and how he's involved, has that impacted them? And then second of all, I want to get both your thoughts on the potential red card for Haaland. I've been tweeting out on our social media channels about it. It's been mixed response. So, first of all, Tank, what have you you made of a couple of the narratives coming off the back of the City result? I said in this podcast when uh, they signed Haaland and they let go of Sterling and Jesus, they, they're a weakened team, and they are. There's no two ways about it. Haaland is an out-and-out goal machine. He is the main man. He will score 40 goals this season at a canter. Absolutely. But the fluidity of Man City is not the same with him in the team because he is a stand-up there, put balls in behind, I'll run onto them, knock them into me and I'll play people in. That's not how Man City play. They've always had the, the darting wingers. You could you could never say where Jesus, Sterling or Foden played because they were fucking all over the place. And the rotation from that front six absolutely decimated teams and no one knew how to pick up or who to pick up. Now you've got the central figure... Plus, you've lost the two wide boys. You, I mean, they scored 20 goals per season. And I've said this from day one, and I think it's going to be proven right. It's took a lot out of Man City. 
letting them go and making them the focal point has took the fluidity out of Manchester City. And I think it's going to cost them the, the league. I don't think they win the league this season. I don't. And have you seen the uh, the stuff coming out this morning, Pep Guardiola's comments, no, where he's saying he's disappointed in, in some of the body language of certain players on the training pitch? And it's mm-hmm. the uh, the Portuguese, I can't, I'm not going to try and say his name, Cancelo, Cancelo. Yeah, him and Folden, and I can't remember who the other one was named. There was three of them named. So there's, there's, there's Mermans going on in Man City. It's not the very happy camp was what it was. Um, lads, I, I, I don't think that they're an unbelievable side, they're an unbelievable force, and he is an unbelievable centre-forward. He's an unbelievable goal-scorer. But for me, he's fucked up their fluidity. Where are you on this one, Jim? I think anyone where you change players, when you go from an Aguero, a false nine to an out-and-out striker, as Liverpool are finding out now, you will naturally see a bump in the road because it's a different way of playing. So you've gone from having wingers who are out wide, a, a number nine, ten who drops in deep, then bombing in, as opposed to a now you've got a nine who's occupying the centre-halves and wingers who need to come in earlier and pick up the pockets, play with Haaland and get your goals in that way, get your wing-backs pushing on and and get your goals that way. So you will naturally see that. So in technically, yes, he has interrupted the fluidity because of how he plays. That's not his fault. That's that's a team that naturally will do it. You're finding the same with Nunes. He plays completely different to Firmino and Jota and your typical forwards. You've lost Mane. You had to, you know, change around with Diaz on the left and, and whatnot. So, yes, it will naturally have that. But to say they're struggling is, you know, they're second in the league with the best goal difference. The only problem that they've got, they've had a couple of results that just haven't gone their way. Like yesterday or whenever, you can't you can't counter for that goal. It was it was one of them where it's just a freaking nature. Yes, they probably should have scored more and had chances. So this is where I think Arsenal are benefiting because teams are more interested in beating City and thinking Arsenal are the old Arsenal, so they'll come out of that with a result regardless of how they play it. Whereas for City... They know they've got Haaland. One, they they came up trumps with the let's boot Haaland into next week with uh, Cody and uh, Tarkovsky. Uh, I think they did him in the first couple of minutes, didn't they? Put him, yeah, put him in the air. Um, so I think people are more bothered about that, and hence where Arsenal are benefiting because people because Arsenal haven't been that force. Everyone's going right, you know, we're, they were sleeping on Arsenal, and I think that's where. Um, cities, city are struggling in in that where people still want to still want to um, up the game against them. But the second, they've still got to play Arsenal. I, I think that game's whoever wins that game. I think goes on to win the league. Tank, what did you think on the Haaland red card? Because uh, I, I watched it a few times, and a lot of people are saying it was a red. Look, Liverpool allegiances aside, I, I don't think it was a red card. I think it was a, a, a if there's such thing as an orange card, if if you will, it was a, it was a yellow card. He didn't really catch him. He was a little bit out of control, and these things always look worse when you take a screenshot of him off the ground. There was a, a little bit of excessive force, but ultimately there wasn't a huge amount of contact. And you know, you both played the game. Sometimes when a defender's going to clear it up the line. 
you try it's like a block you're trying to block the ball rather than get yeah. the man because if you can get there in time you'll obviously you'll obviously block the clearance what did you think red card for you or yeah but only because that's the stupid rules what are now that's the problem because he, in it today's was game you think it's a red in yeah. today's game it is yeah. and for me looking at it I'm like you know it's fucking it's a yellow card that'll do but the problem is is like bear in mind he's a fucking big six foot four monster and he was out of control he was reckless and if he caught the lad properly it's a fucking leg breaker all day long Back in the day when I played, you know, you kind of, I used to, because I played left back, you kind of waiting and you you kind of deliberately kick the forward and go down and grab your leg because yeah, yeah, yeah. you know it's coming. And yeah, in today's game, it, it was a red card for me because it is reckless and he's out of control. He's off the ground. He's coming at some fucking pace as well, by the way. He's not just like, he's steaming into it. He did look like his head had gone a bit. There. His head was gone, yeah. It's totally yeah. gone. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Jim? <sighs> I think Tank's right. I think it could have been a red card and you're seen and given. Mm. If you see that on a Saturday or Sunday, you can have no players left, are you? So <laughs> it's 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 a real it's a real grey area. I don't think he was excessive force. He's running, he goes down early, he's on his arse, and with these pitches, he's skidded about eight foot on his arse, hasn't he? But it's not like he's sliding, he's kind of on his back like an ant. He's like, and then going through the air. Yeah, he's like, so he's fucking, he's, he's, I don't think he's tried to hurt the lad. I think it's like you say, a clumsy striker's tackle. I think if it was given, you go, fine. If you think if it's not given, you go, yeah, I can understand why. So it's really grey area, real grey area. And the issue you'll get is the next one will be given a red card and everyone will go, oh, what about the Haaland one? So it's the consistency on that. I don't think they're red cards all day. I don't. I think if you get them, you take your yellow and you move on, don't you? And that's that's what it's there for. Um, and and yeah. So no, not a red card for me. I mean, sorry. In did my say, mind, did I, you just convince it? So you agreed with Tank? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> when I said it's not a red card, what I mean is it, it could have been a red card. I wouldn't have wanted to have seen a red card. I'm, gl- I'm glad it wasn't. Okay. You know what Jimmy sounds like there? He sounds like the battle going on in my head saying, well, Liverpool are on today and I've got some yeah. Corona left in the fridge. And yeah. I probably shouldn't have a drink, but you know, and I think I'm going to slice Maybe the line yeah. in case I have a drink. <laughs> Fuck it, I'm having a drink. Yeah, I know, yeah. Convince yourself. Are you going to have a drink for the game later, Tank? What's your plans? No, mate, I'm not. I'm taking Jack back to Burnley tonight. Oh, yeah. Are you yeah, not going to miss the game, though, no? No, no, we watch the game and then I'll take him back. He's back in full training tomorrow. Oh, lovely, lovely. Mother-in-law's in hiding. <laughs> Can I be honest, lads? About three times during that podcast, I was obviously paying attention to what you were both saying, but I had a voice in my head saying, I can't believe Tank kicked his mother in law. Who kicks the mother? Like, that's just, that is out there, lad. That, that is, is like, that is a high risk. Like, I'd just love to hear the voice in your head where you've seen a stud there and, like, the first thought in your head is, I'm going to kick her. Like, this is, this is a good idea. This is something I should do. Like, the second question is, why is your mother in law in track? Trackies, lads. No, they're not like trackies. They're like black uh, thing. You've had to, I can't really explain them. Yeah, they, they, yeah, whatever. What I will say is that I have got a good relationship, but it's not like kind of, you know, we do have a laugh in that. <laughs> we do have a bit of a laugh. But you must have given it. a good grab if you took knickers as well. Well, yeah, I said yeah, that. I was like, I'm trying to defend myself. And I was like, them pants must have been tight at the top to whip the skids down as well. <laughs> big knickers, <laughs> lad. What, what were they thong? What was it? 
now I've blacked and she she they, she did, did say she said, I'm glad to put me new Christmas knickers on. <laughs> oh, say great on that note. Uh, any I'm other plans, boys? Any other plans for the bank holiday? No, Hey, by the way, what about Ronaldo? Have you seen that Al Nasser? Oh, stop. Have you seen the Instagram accounts? This is the impact of Ronaldo. He's got five point eight million extra followers overnight. Yeah, Everton have Everton have two point one million Instagram followers, uh, which surprised me. And I think his new team have gone from I think it was a couple of hundred thousand to six point three. 6.3 6.3 million. But that's, I'm telling you, that's the way so modern football fans will start supporting players and not clubs. I'm convinced well, there's that a lot, the FIFA you know, generation. There's a, lot, there's a lot of people in Middle East or, you know, Africa or wherever in Europe that just follow Ronaldo around. So they will just be like, Ronaldo, wherever he goes, I'm a Ronaldo fan. So he, they will, that's where they jump on that. And when he leaves, they'll all unfollow. And, you know, he's, but it's mad, isn't it? Like, that's the impact. That's, that's what, that is why a lot of players get bought these days, not because of the impact they can have on the on the commercial pitch. Impact. It's what the impact they do around commercial, the commercial stuff on their Twitter, on their Instagram account now is massive. They're going to be going to sponsor saying, "Look, we want X amount because we've got six point eight million followers now, and we put one thing out and six point eight million people see it." I mean, it's massive commercially for them, massive. It's funny though, isn't it, lads? You know, you look at Ronaldo there. Ever since that compares Morgan interview is like, it's like how to make. You know, car crash stuff like it's yeah. you know such a sad end to a career. And there was actually I tweeted it on our Twitter page the other day. There was a moment in that Piers Morgan interview where Piers Morgan said to him, "You know, you could quite easily go to this, a Middle Eastern club, a Saudi Arabian club, and just take all the money." But that's not what it's about for you, is it? You want to play at the highest level for as long as possible. And he's like, "Yes, that's what I want to do." And it's just. I just think it's such a sad end. You know, you, this whole Messi-Ronaldo debate over the years, and they've both been unbelievable. Obviously, people will have different views as to where they rank in terms of the best ever, but the, 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 he's definitely up there. But we're talking about Lionel Messi leading his country to a World Cup, and now we're talking about Cristiano Ronaldo going to Saudi Arabia for the money. It just it all feels very needless, doesn't it, Tank? I don't think he's gone for the money, you know, Jamie. I just don't think he had a choice. You don't think I don't think he had a choice, but surely Tank, he could have gone to Sporting on 10 grand a week, like surely. Yeah, but the, uh, when I say a choice, it's like if someone's offering you 3.8 million euros a week, Jimmy, and someone's offering you... No, I'm not you, saying that. No, I, I know, get... but it's kind of like... It's, so I, it is I'm the really money sure, then? Well, I don't think it's, he's gone just solely for the... For the he, look, he, he, can put a, he can put a fucking paid sponsor out on his Instagram and get 5 million quid a day. So I don't think it's there for the money. I just genuinely don't think. Well, that's why I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Like, surely someone somewhere, if he goes, don't pay me, pay me a pound a week. Didn't Danny Alves go back to Barcelona on a pound a week? Yeah. If, sure, if it is about wanted... playing at the elite level, I'm not asked about money. Just, just let me. That's, that's what, what you know, I'm saying. Wanted... I don't think there was options. I don't. The Sporting fair. Uh, I'm not having that. Video, someone so goes want... to me. Someone comes to me, and I'm manager of. I don't know. Fucking. Scott Parker's just gone to Club Bruges Champions League, by the way. So if someone goes to me, right, here's Ronaldo, a pound a week, Champions League football, uh, and you're going to get all the commercial deals anyway, surely someone goes, fuck yeah, why do, give it a go, what, Jim, I, do, I honestly now think he's done himself no favours in that the football side of it, I don't think it, I don't think it's worth it. 
I think his his ego will get in the way. Yeah. He's a disruptive figure, not only for his national team, but also his club team. He stormed out and just caused absolute bedlam. But ultimately, when, if you look at his performances for Portugal and most recent performances man, for Manchester United, I'm not talking last season now, I'm talking most recent. He's not good, mate. He's, he's, no. It's not that he's not good. He's old. He's just that. old. She's He's old, isn't he? I'll give you that. But if you go somewhere like Portugal or, you know... Jimmy, uh, you don't uh, want him. That's the problem. I think I, I think know, what he did on his interview, I think any manager... If I'm a manager, I'm like... I wouldn't touch him. The chairman comes to you like, I don't want him. But if you get in a contract, so if you put in a contract, Ronaldo goes, right, I'll have 10 grand a week, whatever. And if you want rid of me after a week, you just pay me 10 million quid. Would you not, would you not have a gamble at that? If no. you think, Jim, look at what Tank oh, was yeah. saying before about Arteta, and if you've seen the All or Nothing documentary, right, about the impact no, of bad I, eggs I in it. a dressing room, you know, look at Aubameyang, right? Aubameyang, that, yeah. that was the best thing that Arteta could have done to get everyone to buy into what he was trying to do at Arsenal. Cristiano, you're, you're proactively bringing in trouble to your club. I just, don't, I think the football side of it and the rest of the nonsense that comes with it, I just don't think he's that. I don't think it's it's worth it anymore. Which no. is why he's, he's ended up there. Any uh, other coming I, young manager would not want him anywhere near your squad because he's just going to undermine you. His ego's too big. If you drop him, you've got major problems. He'll be trying to get you the sack. He is a fucking red flag to every manager in world football. Yeah, definitely. Uh, right, lads, we're up on the hour. I'm not going to tape up any more of your, uh, of your bank holiday. It's been a pleasure, as always. I will be in touch later on to talk about Darwin Nunes all night, which is one of my favourite topics. <laughs> uh, but, lads, as always, um, thank you very much for your time. Everybody else that is listening, that chats to us on social media during the week, please keep them coming. We all hope you have a fantastic 2023 and the three of us will be there with you the whole way. So with that, enjoy the rest of your week. Look after yourselves and we will be back with you again next week on the Boot Room Podcast. All the best. Cheers, boys. Cheers, lads.